I want to turn this morning first to Isaiah chapter 60. And after we turn to Isaiah chapter 60, we're going to turn to the book of Titus. Titus. Titus is a little one. Two forward from Hebrews. Hebrews is a big one. If you can find Hebrews, you can turn to the front of it and there'll be Philemon and then keep turning that way and you'll find Titus. Hey, Scott, grab that door right behind you for me. Shut it for me. Thank you. I got this thing, when I notice stuff like that, I'll be preaching to that open door back there if they don't shut it. Can't help myself, it's just who I am. One of these days the Lord will deliver me from that kind of stuff, but so far I just have to shut the door. <laughs> Some of you understand. Thank you. Isaiah chapter 60, 60. Isaiah chapter 60 says, Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen on you. It's a messianic prophecy to Israel about the coming Savior. Arise, shine, for the light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen on you. Behold, Chapter 2, or verse 2, is, is about a time still yet to come that is very close by, that we're on the threshold of. Arise and shine, for the, for the light has come. The glory of the Lord shone round, around you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. And gross darkness, the people. But... The Lord shall arise on you, and his glory shall be seen on you. I'll read that again. He's speaking of the time of tribulation. He's speaking of, of, the, 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 of Jacob's trouble. He is speaking of uh, the time immediately surrounding the, the rapture of the church and the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. How many of you know it's a little dark? And gross darkness, wow. Not just darkness, but gross darkness, the people. Are you continually blown away by the gross darkness that's falling on the people? But... I love that conjunction. But the Lord. Well, we could use that for the title if we wanted to. But the Lord shall arise on you, and his glory shall be seen on you. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is of the utmost importance. It is more than a Sunday morning appointment. It is more than religious activity. It is more than godly principle. It is more than getting your demons calmed. It is more than what grandma's religion could give you. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ, its appointment, its calling, and its mission 
are the most important factor on the face of the earth today and that it was made possible because but the Lord but because the one that came paid the price and brought us to a place of light in the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And he told the church in, Matthew, in Matthew's gospel, he told the believer, he said, you are the light of the world. You are. We, I, I come for a moment today, and, and as we lead into a meeting following, it's all together. It is the magnitude of the hour and the importance and the responsibility of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to go beyond responsibility. Everybody talks about rights. Now, we have some rights as believers, some liberties. But in, see, in America, in our government, the rights are the most important thing you have, although it's amazing how people are, are giving them away like they don't matter. If you've never been here before, there's nothing off limits at MAG. Truth is truth. There's no, there, there's no, there, there's been a deception in the church and in the world that says, you know, you got your church life, you got your family life, you got your political life, you got your job life. If you're that, you are bitter and sweet waters flowing from the same vessel. And James says, it ought not be so. That I, that everything I am is in him. Everything, when I, became, when I was, when I got saved, when I was born again, I became a new creation. Old things passed away. All things became come new there is no I am not a divided life and Paul even or the, the 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 epistle writer wrote is Christ divided it is a it is a filthy lie that says that 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 your life is divided into segments and that they don't interchange so somebody needs to hear that today I am not I am I am who I am because of who he is and it governs every aspect of my life so my so in America rights are supreme although we don't even know what they are anymore and we are happily giving them away and surrendering actually we're selling them for Esau's bowl of beans do you realize that people are giving away everything that was given to them as an inalienable right given by their creator they are giving it away for Esau's bowl of beans what can you give me right now what can you pay me that I will give they don't even know what they're giving away and then Esau came back when it was time for a birthright and a privilege he came back and was sore and disappointed upset and wanting to kill somebody over what he freely gave away because he was hungry at the moment. He sold out his heritage, his birthright, and his privilege for a bowl of beans. Somebody needs to understand that the rights that you were born with by your creator that are just recognized by a government are worth more than getting your itch scratched right now. Somebody needs to understand that. But in the kingdom of God, see, as an American, I have rights, and that's supreme. But in the kingdom of God, I have rights, but they are at the bottom of the pecking order of what God expects. I have responsibilities, 
as a child of God that far outweigh my rights. But somebody needs to hear today that they're here today that the church has commands that are above your responsibilities. That they are not optional. I come today to talk about the church, that God's command to the body of Christ, God's command to the local church, and to understand once again who we are called to be. See, the society has been so inundated with compromise and with what makes me feel good and what I have the right to do and what all of those things that even in the most conservative Bible-based church today that we have been infected by the notion of I live my own way I have my own ideas and who are you or anybody else to tell me what to do well I'm going to tell you that, that we I preached to you last week or the week before about minding your own business and that's scriptural and that's talking about interfering in the everyday life that you have no place in but when the Bible speaks to it the pulpit should speak to it it is it's not only our right and our responsibility, it is the command of God and it is not optional for the body of Christ. And if we're going to touch this dark and grossly dark world, we are going to have to return to the, to the bedrock truth of the Word of God without compromise. Get your feelings back in your, in your sh inside of you. Quit walking around offended all the time. Quit looking for a reason to be mad in church and offended with your brother offended with your pastor get back to what the word of God says and understand that the enemy of our soul is the problem not your pastor not your Sunday school teacher not your neighbor the enemy of our soul is the divider the enemy of our soul is the problem sin is the issue and we have to deal with it all and that we have that the word of God tells us to put it all in order and to walk in it we have a responsibility. If Mag Church is going to be light to a dark world, then it has to walk in the light of the Word of God without compromise. Somebody needs to hear me this morning. Truth is not mean. Truth is not mean. Truth will set you free. Truth is the only thing that can set you free. Somebody hear me. It, that, and truth, when you're in disobedience, oh, truth, truth, when you're in disobedience, will offend you. It is meant to be offensive. Jesus is the truth, and it says he is the rock of offense. They hated him because of his stand for truth. It will offend you when you're walking in disobedience, when you're out of line, it will offend you. And the issue is, what are you going to do with it? When Paul wrote to Titus, here's something that needs to be understood about the order of the New Testament church. Titus chapter 1. There's three pastoral epistles. How many of you know that? 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus. Paul, of course, Timothy was, was, Paul called him his son. We know that Paul called Titus his son. We know that Titus was a Gentile, that he came from outside of the covenant, so he was unique to Paul. 
and that Timothy was, uh, was put over in charge of setting the church at Crete into order. And this letter from Paul is from the apostolic authority, which is a, a, the, apostolic, the apostolic calling, the apostolic office, the, uh, the authority, the gift of the, of the apostolic is, uh, is to send and to break new ground and to set a church into order. That's what it's supposed to do. So you have the apostle, Paul, talking to the, the, the appointed pastor, Titus, about the church that he's been put in charge of in Crete that is a mess. The church is a mess. Somebody, thank you, Andrew. You say, are you talking about MAG? Oh, I, listen, MAG is one of the healthiest churches, if not the healthiest church I've ever seen, heard of, or witnessed. But it doesn't mean that we're there yet. But the church is a mess. When I see the sexualized, filthy, vulgar garbage that Maverick City put out on their Facebook page yesterday that, that is the hottest going Christian band in the world, and I have to say that people, that the whole church is not rising up and say, no, it tells me that the church is a mess. I don't care how good their music is, how popular they are, that they're not going to sit and grab their crotch and, and, and do sexual gyrations on a stage and call it worship. That is a filthy lie, and it's high time that even this church was willing to say, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Crowds and records and popularity and money is not what determines anointing. It's not what determines what is right. And it's high time that the assemblies of God, my God, somebody stand up. Somebody in Springfield with a voice stand up and say, church, stop it. But they're not going to do it because the time of darkness is at hand. Gross darkness is on the people. And there are few that are going to be willing to stand up and say, the church must be put into order. The church must be put into order. Listen to me, church. I am starving to death for revival, for a move of God, for a sovereign touch from heaven that breaks the bonds of sin, that delivers the captive, that moves and makes ways where there is no way, where the Spirit of God can crash into a place and the things that you never dreamed imaginable can happen. But I'm going to tell you, the uh, holy God is never going to put His Holy Spirit into a filthy container until the church stands up for what is right, sets it in order, and teaches their children and their students and their, and, and their parents and grandparents, if necessary, what is true and what is right and without compromise to stand up. He is never going to do it. And I'm going to tell you, this pastor, as far as I can take it in, in, in an anointing of God, I am going to proclaim what is true and I'm going to do everything I can to make a way where God can move in this place and touch an entire region for him but it will not happen until we get our family in order until we get our house in order until we get our pulpit in order until we get our worship team in order until we quit being tripping over what is right and what is true and get back to the word of God it's high time if you're hungry for revival, see, I'm going to tell you something about hunger. God will never walk past hunger. 
He will never do it. Blessed are those which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled, shall be. When, when you're hungry for him, he will move. Are you seeking him? Because here's the thing. He said, seek me and you will find me. When you search for me with all of your heart, Mag, it's time that the people of Mag stop going through the Sunday morning motions and saying, boy, that was a good song. Boy, that was a good message. Boy, that was a good church. And they begin to seek God with all of their heart, lay everything else aside and seek the one who can make a difference. If you're worried about your husband, if you're worried about your child, if you're worried about your, your, your reprobate children and the backslider and the one that's been that the one that's walked away that if you'll shut the TV off and stop getting the crossways over everything hit your knees in a holy prayer closet if you'll push that 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 uh, plate back and begin to want God more than you want the next bite you'll start seeing miracles happen we have got to be hungry for who he is and we've got to prepare the room for what he can do I don't like that you say these things, Pastor. If you want him, you'll get over it and you'll seek him. Seek me and you'll find me when you search for me with all their heart. Mama, you're worrying it's not going to bring that boy home. Your worrying is sin. Let me tell you to you frankly. Your worry is sin. And God is not going to honor your worry. Oh, let it sink a minute. See, in the South, particularly it seems, we mistake worry with concern. Oh, mama, daddy, your worry is not going to change. Your worry is digging a hole. God doesn't honor worry. Oh, oh preacher, don't tell me that stuff. Because, see, you think if you don't worry, you're not concerned. Then Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow. Because tomorrow has enough for, it, for, for itself. He said, consider the lilies of the field. He said, they don't toil. They don't spin. He said, they don't, they, you know what he's saying? They don't have to work to be beautiful. They don't have to, they don't have to spin garments. To be, they don't have to spin anything. They, all they have to be is who they are. He said, consider the lilies of the field. They don't toil. They don't spin. He said, but Solomon and all of his glory was nothing compared to them. He said, consider the sparrow. He said, you know what? God sees every sparrow that falls. It says that he feeds the little bird. And, he, and you are worth more, the Bible says, than many sparrows. He said, he said when you're worrying, have you added an inch to your height? Somebody that's, somebody that's short in here, why don't you go worry about it for about a year and come back to you and we'll measure you. Guess what? You'll still be short. Because he said, can you by worrying add an inch to your height? Of course not. What does he want you to do? He wants you to walk in who he is. He wants you to, the just shall walk by faith. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to get in a closet of prayer. He wants you to get hungry. He wants you to search for him with all your heart. Instead of worrying about that child, ring the bells of heaven. They may get meaner than a junkyard dog because conviction is on here. Ignore their junk and pray anyway because I'm going to tell you, he said when you, when you call on him that I'll answer you. When you, when you call on me, I will answer you. 
He said, I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't even know about. He promises you, he said, my ear is that not dull that I cannot hear. Somebody hear me. Quit the worrying and quit the compromising and quit the accommodating and quit the... Stop it. Call on him and he will answer you. He says, my ear. Why, why is he talking about his ear is not dull? Because what is he listening for? Call on him. He said, my ear is not dull that I cannot hear. And listen, somebody needs to hear. My arm is not short that I cannot save. He will do it. 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 Church, he will do it. Somebody needs to understand that he will do it. Somebody at MAG ought to get excited for once in your life that he will do it. Why do you want him to do things for him when you can't even get excited about him? You say, I don't like when you say that. I don't care. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You want him to move mighty in your life, but you don't want to move for him. That's frank, that's blunt, and that's right. You're not, you, I don't even, he, you're not desperate until you're willing to praise him. You're not willing, you're not desperate until you're willing to be moved by his word. You're not, you're, you're not wanting anything from him until you're willing to, to, to sacrifice for him, even if it's a sacrifice of praise. Paul said to Timothy in chapter 1, he said, As a servant of God and the apostle Jesus Christ, of Jesus Christ through the faith of God's elect and acknowledging the truth of which he is, uh, which he's called after God, godliness in verse 2, in hope and eternal life which God cannot lie. Somebody hear me? I've, gave, I've given you all kinds of promises this morning. I'm going to remind you that God cannot lie. He's talking to Timothy about the mess that's going on at Crete in verse 5. He says, For this cause lift I you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are wanting. The apostle's telling the pastor to set it in order, the things that are missing. Ordain elders that I have appointed to you. Let me tell you Here's what I want to get to this morning at the bottom line of all of it. Mag cannot be led just by a pastor in the pulpit. Mag cannot be led just by a pastor in the pulpit. You've got to have, there's a, a godly order to elders, but we're going to continue. Everybody in this room has a responsibility to, for a healthy church. Are you hearing me? Or are you mad? And if you're mad, take it to Jesus because it's right. He tells the qualifications for an elder, for a pastor. Uh, some of those that they're, that, they, that they're open to hospitality. There's a reason why we feed and, there's a, and, and, and have a, a men's retreat and women's retreat and breakfast and, and all that. It's not because we're cool. And, you know, we get accused by, I even get accused by the, the, the conservatives in Pentecost. Why are you doing all these cool things? I say, I don't see anything cool about it. I see a command that the bishop and the, and the elder be, be prone to hospitality. What do you think he meant by that? Quietness. Blessed quietness. Holy quietness. <laughs> he said, 
These Christians are coming in saying that your people are lazy, that your people are gluttons, that your people are, 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 are no good to their community. And Paul said something crazy to Timothy. He said, because they're, or to Titus, he said, because they're right. He said, are you, I'm talking to the whole church. Not just mag church. He said, are you after us calling us all these? Uh, uh, listen, I want somebody to understand some things. I am never trying to say anything. Because see, that's what pastors run into. Well, he, he, was, he, he, he was saying this, but he didn't say it. He was insinuating this. I'm never, I'm never trying to say anything. Amen. You ought to know that. I, I found that it causes more problems than it fixes. Just say it. He said, set this church in order. Get you people to help you with this thing in order. He said, this is what's going on around you, and people are noticing it, and they are right. He says, to the, he says witness, this, is tr- and there's thir- this witness is true. What does that mean, verse 13? Paul said, this witness is true. <laughs> Wherefore, rebuke them sharply. Who's the they? The church. That they may be, have a sound in faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men, and turn from the truth to the pure things. All things are pure, but to them that are defiled and unbelievers, nothing is pure. But even their mind is, and the conscience is defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient. And every good work reprobate. He's talking about religious people going through the Sunday morning motions. They think they got it, but they're not, but they don't have it at all. Ooh. Now the good part about what is, what is it about to be setting in order? What is setting in order? Listen to me, what's been lost. He says, older women teach the younger women. Older men, the same to the younger. We have a responsibility to each other. From the youngest to the oldest, a church that is in order, everybody in it, if you have experience and wisdom, your, your, your command is if you're older, to teach the younger. And it's not just talking about Sunday school teachers. It's talking about all around you. Because see, we think, because see, that's what I started out with. We think, oh, we have a home life and we have a church life and, and we have a work life and we have a... And we, we came to a place where if somebody says anything to little Sally that, that somebody's mad about that and if somebody don't say anything and they tear it down, then the person that got tore down, then they're mad about that. I'm dealing with facts today. They may be uncomfortable. I got to hurry. It's 12 o'clock. I got a meeting. <laughs> church, the whole church has to be set in order always. Here's what I've discovered a long time ago. I'm trying to be quick because I got to wrap up and move into a meeting for real. The same person that gets mad about you for stopping little Johnny from tearing the basketball goal down 
Well, it was not a big deal. They were just, they didn't mean to. And, or I'm, you say anything more to my kid and I'm leaving, never coming back, blah, 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 blah. The same person that says that to you is the same person that will be at the lawyer's office within two minutes if it came down on them and hurt their kid. It's the same person. And in the meantime, the church's responsibility from the pastor to the elders to the older women to the older men passed down to the younger is to be in order. Oh. We are here more than to babysit on Wednesday night and for Sunday school. Mag Christian Academy, hear me. I don't have time to finish. I may have to pick it up. We'll see. But what I am here to tell you, and we're going to go straight into a meeting, and I invite anybody that wants to stay for it, even if you're not a worker, to stay for it. Because let me tell you something. We're not islands unto ourselves. We are the body of Christ. I remember most of the people in this room, a lot of you at least, were raised in churches where anybody in the church would tell a kid, you don't need to run in the sanctuary. And it wasn't because anybody was mean. It was because this, I mean, it's just steel and, and sheetrock. But we dedicated it to the service of God. And it, and it deserves honor and respect. We, we, we were raised in a place where getting up and, and leaving 47 times, even when they're 20 years old, that the pastor would stop and tell you to sit down. I'm going to tell you, this pastor doesn't want to do that, but if you're not going to, he will. You say, I, I'm you say why are you covering it? I, I, I've covered it in bits and pieces before. I'm covering it specifically now because we are at the time of darkness and gross darkness, and he's looking for a place for his light to shine. And I'm going to tell you, he's not going to, he's not going to pour out his presence in a, in a hodgepodge. He's not going to pour it out in an unholy situation. He's not going to pour it out where there's not decency and order. He's not going to pour it out where there's distraction from wall to wall and front to back. Let me tell you something, teenager. Why does the pastor say, Mom and Dad, let me be frank with you about something. If they go to school, they don't get to get up and leave and pee anytime they want to. And at church, for some reason, you go, okay. The time to go is before service. And we understand that everybody has situations. That, sometimes I've had too much coffee. But it's not ever service. Oh, it's quiet. Let me tell you the reason. You have no idea but what the person beside them, in front of them, across the room from them, that just because they got antsy and just because they haven't had enough discipline in their life to be told to sit down, sometimes it's just going to be told to sit down somebody's soul down the aisle or in front of them or behind them is being weighed in the balance. And I'm going to tell you, they're, they're, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And there is, there is, a, there is, a, there is a deceiver and a distractor that's masterful at his, his job, and he, can, and he can cause the undisciplined to suddenly need to move right then. 
and change the whole order, the whole atmosphere, the whole distraction of what's going on around them. See, it's not, it's not because somebody wants to be an authoritarian. It's not because somebody just loves being in charge. It's not, if you want to be in charge a week, come work my third week in a row, 70 hours a week, seven days a week, if you want to be in charge a minute. It's not about being in charge. It's about the crucial moments of when the Spirit of God is dealing in someone's life. And you won't tell that sugar to sit down. Hey, little guys, we know what, and you're two hours into a service, they're little guys. The ushers, the, the, the pastor, the, the, the security team, they know who is, is not common to, and they know who gets up four times a service. They know who you are. They know the difference. They know when, when, when little guy has been in the service an hour and a half and he's held it as long as they can. That's not, you don't have to be scared to move in service. But I'm going to tell you that there's order that has to come to the house of God. And what we're going to fix to move into this meeting and what we're teaching from the pulpit, even when it's tough and uncomfortable, that we are more than a religious institution. At Mag Christian Academy, in our Sunday school classes, in our in our Wednesday night thing, we are. We, you saw this morning from when they were giving out awards that we teach more than how to build a campfire. What is expected and will be demanded, teacher, is that you have control of your classroom, that you have prepared your lesson that you are speaking the word and truth into young lives and old lives, young to old. And that they respect authority. Hey, don't you dare get mad at them burning down St. Louis and, and Seattle when they don't respect you. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Because I'm gonna tell you how they got there. Because everything was somebody else's fault. Don't you dare say anything to my baby. Let them slap you in the face and, and laugh and have about how cute it is instead of correcting them. This is the word. This is not an authoritarian pastor. This was common knowledge 20 years ago, 30 years ago. It's none of the above. I'm not talking about the hardness of legalism. Bite your tongue. But I'm going to tell you those old legalists that we used to complain about, they had something that we don't have. Because, see, they've done it for the best of reasons. I'm going to tell you, my grandma may have had hair to her knees and never know what makeup looked like and, and, and wasn't sure that she could make heaven if she didn't have a dress on. But I'm going to tell you what else she had. She had the power of God in a prayer closet. She, she had, they had the power of God that fell in services where the town drunk would run in and get saved. Where wayward husbands that, that, they, that were boot, my grandpa was a bootlegger and a cheater and, and a thief. You may not like, it's not about the hardness of religion. I'm not looking for that any more than you are. I'm looking for what the book says. I'm looking for what's right out of a church, out of a people. And the rewards and, the, and, the, and what God has is far beyond, far beyond, far beyond our hurt feelings 
and little Johnny having to sit down. I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I'm, I'm out mind your own business. I'm going to tell you, when it ha- the pastor is responsible for this piece of property and everything in it. When you walk out the door and get in your car, I got to teach you truth, preach you truth. You get in your car and go home, you live any old way you want to. You're on, that, that's your life. I don't think you people understand that anymore. I've told you that before. If you want to, if you carousing and whatever, and I run into you, don't hide from me. It's your, I'm not responsible for what you, what you do with it. I'm responsible for giving it to you. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and it's happened a couple of times. I'm not going to listen to some 10-year-old smart mouth their, their mother and grandma and call them everything but a grandma in front of me without saying, you're going to stop it right now. And if that makes grandma mad, then grandma's the problem. I see it happens here. Getting into throwing stuff across the room and screaming at their parent and grandparent and then people think somebody ought not say anything about it. Ain't happening. Now once you leave, you do, they want to talk to you at Walmart that way, that's between you and Jesus. Man, I don't know why he called me. And you know what I think? I, Calvin, I think he gave me just enough of a lack of education to just depend on the book. And I, can I tell you one more thing before we close and move? Just in case you're real. By the way, if you, it, all of this would, would settle your nerves down if you just opened the book and began to learn what it said. And you'd realize your pastor's not crazy. And he's not mean. And he's not, and this is the church I want to be in because it, it's, going to, it's going to give my children the truth. It's going to give them the opportunity to get saved. It's going to give them the opportunity to get baptized in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's going to give them time to learn how. And by the way, we got a whole church that, we, that, that we're fixing to move into a whole different hour of needing altar workers, prayer warriors, people that, can, that know how to work an altar without the pastor that know how to lead people to the Lord instead of standing behind them and mumbling a few words. Responsibility. Verse 15 says, These things I speak, Paul to Timothy, these things I speak and exhort, urge, reprove. It says, These things I, that I speak, I exhort and rebuke with all authority. He said to, to Titus, Let no man despise you. Let no man, he's talking, the apostle's talking to the pastor about setting the church in order and tells him the things that has to be done to correct young to old, everybody working together. And he says, I'm exhorting you to do it. I'm rebuking you because you haven't. And he said, don't let anybody despise you because you did. He's telling him to stand for what's true because it saves lives. I want to see the power of God around altars. I want to see youth rallies that are not embarrassing. Hope my friend from across the county is not watching because the youth rallies are embarrassing. I don't know why we've come to the place that youth pastors and stuff think that, that, that they can run around and run amok and act crazy and stupid and everything's fun and games, but suddenly one day they're going to flip a switch and know how to, to worship God and know how to serve God and know how to live for Him. Somebody tell me how that works. Yeah. 
it's embarrassing. Mag, it's got to be us. 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 We can't wait on anybody else. It's got to be us. The, 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 the section's not going to do it. The district's not going to do it. The general council's not going to do it. The assemblies of God's not going to do it. The Southern Baptists are not going to do it. It's going to be pastors with a mandate from God, no matter what banner they're flying under, that's going to stand for what's true and let God move in a church in fullness and in power. Some of you don't even know what fullness and power. I'm, I, hey, if we're saved and on our way to heaven, I'm glad. But there's a lot of people that's winning eternity and losing life. And that's not how it's supposed to be. Jesus said, I'm coming that you might have life as salvation and life more abundantly. There's more than winning eternity and losing life. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for your, for your anointing to preach the word. Thank you for the boldness that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit to stand for your word. Lord, I pray that your word finds root all over this place. Lord, I, find, I pray that it lodges in hearts. I pray that it breaks through hardness. I pray that it, that it, bring, that it, that it speaks to the backslider, that it pricks the mind of the reprobate, that it, that it, calls, that it causes a, 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 a prodigal to shake and come to themselves until, and declare that they will return to their father's house. I pray that, that, it, that, it, that, it, that it makes them so mad that they have to deal with it and that, the, that their spirit comes in and, and, and shakes them to their very core in their very being. I pray that for a whatever it takes move of God in Mag Church that will shake the foundations of religion and move in this whole area, I pray. And Lord, I put it in your hands and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Before we leave and before we change the order and before, is there, this one of those days where I would be remiss. Every eye, every head's bowed, every eye's closed across the place. Today, if you're in this place and, you've all, and you know the truth, but you've walked away from it, you know what's right, but you have a rebellious spirit. And I, not because I say so, because the Spirit of God's been dealing with you the whole service. Because, because you've been angry with God. Because you shook your fist. Because you're, because you're maybe hurt by religion. You know who you are. and you know who, If you're here today, every eyes, every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Would you be honest before, with yourself and before God and slip your hand up and say, that's me. I'm not going to call you out. Is there one more? Yeah, is there one more? Is there one more? One more? Is it, so you say, that's me. Is, that, is there one more? Is there one more? Come on. I don't feel the release. Is there one more? Is there one more? Yes. Is there one more? No, no looking, no moving around. There's three this morning that you've been honest with yourself. Yes, four. You've been honest with yourself, honest with God. Yes, I see you. It's not about me. You're, 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 you're making a, a, an acknowledgement with yourself and with God. You're being honest with yourself and with God. And God sees your heart right where you're at this morning. He sees you. Yes, I see you. Is there one more? Listen to me. Don't, still no looking around. Listen, there, there's ways that altar calls are done, and I understand that they're good. But here's what I know. That the Spirit of God, is, he's, he's right where you're at because he's already dealing with your heart.
You've already made a public acknowledgement of where you're at with God. And I'm going to tell you, right where you're at today, He hears your heart, sees what's going on. He knows how to deal with you. If you will, in your own simple words this morning, you don't have to be fancy. You don't have to pray in high king's English. You talk to God just like you talk to anybody else. In your heart this morning, Lord, you right now, first of all, there's a, it's repentance because it brings sorrow. You, you've already acknowledged that you need to turn. You know the truth, every one of you. Pray with me and then use in your own words. Lord, I'm thankful that you deal with my heart because it's the love of God that brings men to repentance. Lord, today I acknowledge who you are and who I am and where I've been. Lord, I know you. I know who you are. And Lord, I make a fresh commitment from me to you. This is between me and you. But Lord, I want a clean house and a soft heart. And even the things I don't understand, I know that you're good and I trust you with it. If you never explain it to me, I trust you. I give you all of my hurt, all of my anger, all of my resentment, all of my rebellion, and I'm going to walk out of here a new, a new creature. Not necessarily because I was lost, but because I'm tired of carrying the weight. We're to lay away every, lay aside every weight and the sin that easily besets us. Lord, I, I commit afresh to a fresh life. And I'm hungry for the things that, that are you. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name.